Hey, isn't it amazing how much influence that our friends and family can have on us? I mean, when you really water it down and get down to it, our friends and family have so much influence on us. It's just, it's just immeasurable. Some of it's good. Some of it may be bad, right? I mean, we're family here, and some of the thing is good, some is bad. And how about something that didn't even exist years ago? Social media influencers. Oh, man. I, let me just give you a quick uh, example or two. Cristiano Ronaldo, a Portuguese soccer athlete, has 787 million followers. Leo Messi, an Argentine soccer athlete, has 530 million followers. You guys following them? Selena Gomez, the first name I really recognize on this list. Uh, American actor, singer, has 499 million followers. Talk about influence. This January series is about knowing and doing the will of God with some practical stuff. You see, God wants to influence you. Uh, You know, Selena Gomez may. Cristiano Ronaldo, no doubt they want to influence you. But I want you to know that God wants to influence you. And he's serious about it. And we're going to try to break it down so that you'll know the will of God and then be able to do the will of God. Now, I'm not going to get into resolutions since it's the first Sunday in January. And usually you can build up on resolutions. The National Institute of Health says that after two years, only 19% of people's resolutions actually even kind of get any grip. And CNN, the, uh, the authority on everything, says that 80, 80% of all resolutions fail by February. I mean, if you think about it, try to get into a gym in January. Everybody's got their new gym stuff on. But you can't get in and every piece of equipment is in use and... You're kind of just wasting your time. But March, that gate's wide open. (laughs) Go right to it. So you see, I'm not going to be teaching on resolutions. I'm going to be teaching on someone who wants to influence you. And that's God. He wants to influence you. And he wants, and I want to teach you about some successful things. Not 90% is going to fail. I, I want you to be able to carry this with you. Not just for January. But for February and March and April and beyond, I want this to be a life thing for you. Henry Blackaby wrote a book called Experiencing God. And some of the themes are going to come out of that book. And I'm just going to be covering some of them. And today, the one I'm going to be covering is leaving things behind. You know, a New Year's a good time to start. If you ever think, oh, I just wish I had, to, wish I, here's a good chance. Here's a good opportunity. It's a new year. This is not a resolution. It's a life. 
And it's a lifestyle. And I'm going to tell you a story in the Bible about someone who left some stuff behind. And it started in a place called Ur. It's in Genesis 11. And uh, it's about Abram's family line. Now you talk about family members that can influence you. His father was Terah, which meant to delay or to station. And he had three sons. One was Abram. And Ur is way down between the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers by the way which are going dry. And it's a place of idol worship. It's a very unsuspecting place for the high father, the father of many nations, the father of a multitude to be. Listen to how Joshua records this. Joshua in Joshua 24.2 says this. Joshua says to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. Look, you may be in a place in your life where your family is worshiping other gods. It may be your husband or your wife. It may be your extended family. It could be your work family. And they may not be the gods like you think. Because there's all sort of gods that you can be worshiping. But God has a plan for you. And this is what it says in Genesis eleven thirty one. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram. And they together set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. Now, if you go up the Tigris and Euphrates River, you go over way up high through the Fertile Crescent. Haran is before you get there, and you come all the way down near Gaza, near Israel. That's Canaan. And it says, but when they came to Haran, Haran, which means mountaineer, which means to be burned or scorched, the scriptures say they settled there. Look, you can settle anywhere you want. But if you're going to the promised land, why would you stop in a scorched place? Well, the reason... Abram stopped there. It's because his father did. Look, saints. Your mother, your father, they're not going to get you to heaven. Your aunt and your uncle, your cousin, your brother, your sister, they're not getting you to heaven. Now, you can stay anywhere you want to stay. And you can settle anywhere you want to settle. There's only one person, that's you and God, that can get you to heaven. Don't settle. Don't settle in this new year. Don't settle this next week. Don't settle these next few months. Don't settle. Genesis 12, the Lord said to Abram. Now, the Lord spoke this. Now, I don't know how he spoke it. In this setting, I know he's spoken out of burning bushes, and out of donkey's mouths. There's a lot of ways that God speaks to us. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, from your people and your father's household 
to the land I'll show you. Leaving things behind. If your father's household is holding you back, you got to get out of there. I was one of the fortunate ones. My parents, they did nothing but lift us up all of our lives. We were fortunate. You see, you may have to leave some things behind. And God may not always show you. It says, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to a land that I'll show you. Now, I'm not saying God can't, but I just suspect he's not going to speak through Siri and tell you where to go. I just imagine that Alexis might be able to tell you where to go, but it may not be where you need to go. You may pull up your map apps and think God's going to show you. Put your finger, you know, the old, put your finger on the map. That's where God wants me. I don't know. But I do know this, that God will speak to you. God will get you moving to where he wants. He may not give you the who, what, when, where, why, or how. Abraham knew because God told him. He now has to do something. See, I want you to know something. God is always pursuing us. You may have too much noise around you, too much stuff going on to see it or hear it, but you need to turn around and look every now and then. God is always pursuing you. I mean, if there was a main point, here's one thing you've got to think about, about leaving things behind, and that's getting out of the bad may take you some work. Depends on how deep you are. Anybody here ever had a four-wheel drive truck? Okay. There's two types of people that have four-wheel drive trucks. Those that have been stuck and those that are going to get stuck. I got this new four-wheel drive pickup when I was younger, and I imagined it would take me anywhere. Big tires, jacked up, four-wheel drive. I was a cat's meow. 350, big old Ford Motor V8. It got me stuck. (laughs) Because a four-wheel drive is just liable to take you where you shouldn't go. (laughs) So you see, it depends on how deep you are in. Getting out may take some work. You got to decide, do I want to do the work to get out of where I am? Do I need to do something specific to get out of the bad? And, And why is this important? It's important because you could be stuck out of God's will forever. This series is knowing and doing God's will. Henry Blackaby said it this way. God's invitation for you to work with him always leads you to a crisis of belief that requires faith and action. A crisis of belief. You have to challenge your belief to get out of where you've been. If you've been somewhere and you're stuck, and really we probably 
when we're all stuck, we kind of know we're stuck. It's like, I got to stop this. I got to get away from this, this way of thinking, this way of doing this group of people I'm hanging around. I got to get, I got to get away from this, but you're liable to be so deep. Come on, man. You're going to meet us here at seven o'clock tonight. Yeah, I did last night. I did the night before. I did the night before. I'll do it tomorrow night. Man, you got to break it. You got to break it. You see, God wants to influence you. And it leads to a crisis of belief. Can I get out? Can I do it? And I'll tell you the answer is yes. Look at this. In Hebrews 11, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's going to take some faith. Put that truck in reverse. Have the chain hooked up so that when, and laid out on the road so that when your buddy comes, they can start nudging you out. If you've ever been stuck, you know that first feeling when you, your tires start gripping. You start moving. All you got to do is go on the beach, drive up in the soft sand. You're going to get a ticket if you do it. But once you get up there, you realize your wheels are spinning. And, and there comes a point when you're getting out of it. Don't turn your wheel too sharp. And once you finally start gripping, you know you're moving. You can feel it. God wants that for you. Amen. He wants Amen. you to get out, leave that stuff behind, Amen. and keep moving. Right. A crisis of belief. James says it this way in James 2.26. As the body without the spirit is dead, so is faith without deeds, actions, or works. This is not, I'm not talking about to get salvation. I'm talking about making a move for God. Start this year with some faith. You may have to leave some things behind. It may take action. One of my children sent me a text. And she said, Dad, the Lord spoke to me that this year for me, he spoke to me the word fruition. Things coming into place. Things happening. She said, I feel fruition. I'm praying fruition. I'm speaking fruition into my life. You got to get where God wants you to do. Leave it all behind. Getting into your blessing, you're going to need faith. And, and listen, God speaks to us in so many ways. He spoke to Abram. God may not speak to you the way he did to Abram. He, he may not speak to you the way he did to Moses when he was speaking out of a burning bush. God speaks to us through other people. God speaks to us. Through the word of God, the Bible. If you want to change your life this year, don't make a resolution. I'm going to read every chat. Just get in the Bible. Just move the Bible from the bookcase to the... Just move it from where it's sitting. Put it near your nightstand. Turn the phone off for just a little bit. God speaks to us. Through his spirit. You can feel it when God's speaking to you. 
And you know, I need to make a change. I need to make a change. I need to make a change. He speaks through prayer and he speaks through the church, this collective group we have here. Be listening for God. He wants to reveal his purpose and ways to you. Here's what God said in Genesis 12 to Abraham. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who curse you. And all the people on the earth, they'll be blessed through you. So Abram had settled in Haran. And God began to speak to him. And he, he did this, Genesis 12. And this is my hope for you today. So Abram went as the Lord told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old. You are never too old to get in line with God. You're never too old to hear God talk to you. You're never too old to make a move. No matter how old you are, you can get stuck in a, a hole and think you got a four-wheel drive. You can get out yourself, but you're not going to. Don't think because you're such and such an age, it doesn't apply to you. It does. Yeah, he was 75 years old when he set out from the scorched place. He took his wife, Sarah, nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated. You see, he was all in. He, t- he didn't leave anything behind. He said, what I'm leaving behind is not my possessions. What I'm leaving behind is my old life. Amen. What I'm leaving behind is the stuff that kept me here and settled in a dry space. What I'm leaving behind is the things that wouldn't help me and wouldn't uplift me and wouldn't keep me. I'm going where God wants me to go. I don't know where it is, but I'm going. Do you want to go? He took everything they accumulated, the people they had acquired, and they set out for Canaan, and they arrived there. Look, you've got to get out of the bad. That's the bottom line before you can get in the good. And bad may be Comfortable. It, you may like being where you are, but it's not really where God wants you. Knowing God's will, He speaks to us in so many different ways. Doing God's will is a crisis of belief. You've got to make a change. Is God speaking to you today? Has God been speaking to you through this year? Has God been speaking to you through people, through the scriptures, through friends? Has this Holy Spirit been speaking to you? Can you just feel it sometimes? Look behind, and I'm telling you, God is right there. If you slow down, he'll catch you. Give him some time this new year. And those things behind you that have not enriched your life, Those things behind you that have pulled you down, that have criticized you, that have made you feel unworthy, leave them behind. Get into where God wants you. So this week, you know, I always leave you with something to think about. This week, ask yourself this. What do I need to leave behind? What do I need to let go of 
and leave behind. You see, it's different for each of us because we're each at different places with God. But he's at the same place with us. Now, we're going to have communion in just a minute. And this is a wonderful opportunity for you to think about what God would say to you. And listen to what the scriptures say about this. 1 Corinthians 11. Starting in verse 24. As Jesus was having the last supper with his disciples in the upper room. He said, and when he had given thanks, he took the bread and broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And at the same time, in the same manner, he took the cup. And when he had supped, he said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And it goes on, it says, for as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you do the Lord's death until he comes. And he says this, whoever shall eat this bread or drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. So it says, so let a man or woman, let us examine ourselves. As part of this knowing and doing the will of God, it requires examination. It requires us to examine our lives and ask ourselves, are we where God wants us to be? Or have we settled for something? Don't settle. God wants you to move with him. He's waiting for you to get right beside him and join him. This is Pastor Louie. I hope you've enjoyed the message today, and I hope that it has encouraged you. If you need any further information about the message or our message, the number's on the screen. Our live worship is 1030 each Sunday morning, and we can also be seen on YouTube and Facebook at thelivingcornerstone.org. Be blessed.